0: Welcome to the third edition of uh, the newly named at the Ref Pod. Uh, we've changed the name going forward because Ref, are you having a laugh? Uh, proved a little <laughs> bit difficult to find on the uh, Spotify's and YouTube's and whatever else. So everything's at the Ref Pod now. So if you're searching us on whatever podcast service you're using, or if you're using YouTube, it's at the Ref Pod. If you're on Twitter, at the rep Pod. or oh, what Instagram, Facebook at. The Ref Pod, so it's pretty simple really um, Getting in and finders. Uh, I've got my usual uh, trio with you today But we've got a special guest that I'm going to pass over to Martin in a second To introduce, so Martin, over to you mate
1: Yes, it's really, it's a bit of an honour really having Andy on Andy's a very um, modest man And um, Andy Ambler's, you know, has got a huge reputation for positivity in the game uh, Right back to his days, I think he was Millwall Chief Exec, were you not Andy? I was, yeah and now you, your role now involves... Explain a little bit about your role, please, and in the FA. And, what, you know, what, well, I believe you're having a massive impact on the game, positive, but really good to see where, where you are, is it?
2: Yeah, thanks, Wayne. And thanks, thanks Wayne. Um, uh, I'm Director of Professional Game Relations at the FA. Um, that doesn't tell the true story of what I do, probably. But uh, I've been here nearly, I think, six, just over six years. And the role was uh, put in place originally to make sure that the relationship between the, uh, the pro game and the FA was was a better one. Um, and I've been in clubs before that. So you're absolutely right, Martin. I was seven years on the board of Fulham and then 10 years on the board of, of Millwall. So I have had 17 years experience at, at clubs um, and, and then I come to the FA to try and make sure that the FA... Uh, which is just, you know, it's a, this is a people business, right? Whatever we think, it's a people business. So that we understand each other and and actually we can work and collaborate better than we we, we were doing in the past. Um, that that's the, the the short summary. What they didn't tell me when I came in that they want me to look at uh, look into refereeing and and um, and take over the senior management, I think, responsibility for refere- refereeing department, which I did, and I, I thought this is going to be interesting. 17 years of sitting in the stands as a director, um, watching hundreds of games of football uh, in the pro game and uh, being honest, um, having some sympathy with refs. I I wasn't overly, overly critical, but I probably was because you are when you're in that position. I don't care what anyone says. And therein lies some of the issues and we can talk about that in in the next few minutes. But um, yeah, I found myself having never refereed a game in my life, um, uh, taking over... Uh, the referee department of the FA, but also becoming a board member of PGMOL, the introduction of VAR and everything like that. So I've really immersed myself over the last six years in all things refereeing. And it's been a journey. And it's been a journey of, uh, I think, going from, as I say, football fan and then involved in the game and, and not really understanding the pressures of refereeing and officiating and the responsibility that goes with it, but also the fact that, you know, we need to do which well, I'm sure we're going to come on to what we need to do to respect the officials going forward and what we need to do to make sure we've got a cohort of referees and people in the game that can continue to drive standards and make sure that we do what we're meant to do. Because at the end of the day, referees are, without doubt, one of the most important elements to the game. And But, you know, so that refereeing is without, without referees, you don't have a game. So I know it's obvious and you've said it all before, but, you know, it, it needs to be repeated time and time again.
1: You no, know, it's 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 amazing. You have actually thrown some info at myself that I didn't even know there, mate. I, and f- from my point of view, you know I've been banging the drum and I've been smashing a couple of windows at Wembley to try and get some spotlight on 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 the problem in the game. And you know since you since you're involved, and I'm not just gonna blow smoke up your ass here, but you've been, I believe, one of the most positive influences on the support of, of referees since you've come in. It's, it's no coincidence that some of the tools that you know referees have got now is down to to your influence. And I think I've always said you don't have to be a dog to be a vet. You know, people say, oh, you know, they got to be this level of referee to coach there. I believe having that sort of different look from your point of view and your experience in the pro game from your levels is a real massive asset. Because sometimes you can't see the wood for the trees. And do you, you you did a work, a lot of work with the IFAB I as well, didn't you, Dan? Yeah.
2: So I don't. I don't represent us on IFAB. The chief executive does, as, you, as you're aware. Um, mm. But you know, we we have we go to IFAB with various requests. I think you know we we're being more vociferous with IFAB. Martin, you know the journey we've been on body cams, right? Mm. It wasn't going to get traction some time ago, but you know we've got a trial away, and I'm glad we've led that. I think that's important that we've led that, and the trial is ongoing and. You know, it's 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 too early, but you know we're already seeing some positivities from it, and let's 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 see what that does after a good period of time. But I think the, the IFAB is important, obviously, keep the laws of the game, but it's just important for us to constantly have our foot on the pedal in terms of the things that IFAB discuss and make sure we're pushing the boundaries, and make sure we're not still, you know, just saying that it, it, it was all right 20 years ago, so it's all right now, because that's not the case. We live in a different society than we did then. We all know the issues we've got societal issues and how they impact on on the game and how we can use the game to the positive so are receptive I think um they're in a they're, we think we're in a, in a good place but sometimes it is frustrating that it takes a long time to change things um you know not refereeing led really but concussion substitutes and wanting temporary concussion we we're, we're all over that but I won't budge. But well, we think that's the right thing to do for football. But hey, that's just another storyline. But uh, we, we at least we're in there and we're having the discussions rather than just, just not not discussing it.
3: That was
1: brilliant. And we talked to, to the two wings and they, they they can come in on this. And the the relative recent one of um, the the points deduction from level seven. down, we our, mm-hmm. our previous episode we talked long and hard about this. Which again, and you know you and your team, and, and obviously uh, Fraser as well uh, on that side of things. It's just. a, just brilliant, another brilliant, positive move by the FA and, and a few different departments to get that over the line. And I just think that's that's going to be as f- fundamentally important as a body cam pilot. And I really believe the FA and everyone involved in that should get a major pat on the back for bringing that in, into play.
2: I agree, Martin. I think, you know, Fraser and his team did a great job in the grassroots, you know, side of, of the FA. I think uh, Fraser being a referee helps as well mm-hmm. uh, in that instance. But that was a big thing getting points deductions on the table for that for even for whatever level of the game was a was a big I think it's a big game changer. And I uh, you know I think and I think the game above step seven should look down and go, wow, that could be us if we don't change. Brilliant. Right? I, I think we can use it as a massive stick. Um how we use that over the next year or so is going to be interesting. You know, uh, use it at the right time. Um but I think it's a it's a major step forward for all of us in order, in order to actually um make sure that we're going to use i i don't know how it's going to be utilized as none of us do when you put these things in but i think it is for exceptional circumstances but hey you know the minute that that's the league out there or a county decides to use this points deduction we should be shouted from the rooftops about it that's my view
0: can i just ask you on that as well i think it's the the question on on a lot of people's lips i've spoke to and i've listened to other people this week um in the media and stuff um Obviously, there's a, a bit of a dis- difference between what tier it starts at for women and, and what what tier it starts at for men. I, get, I guess I have an idea of why that is, but I, I just wanted to know. More importantly, from from my perspective, was why 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 or is the plans in place to to introduce this into junior football? Because I think junior football is crying out for this um, in order to try and c- combat and control the behaviour that we get on sidelines to parents and I'm taught and I mean this genuinely and I've witnessed it and I've been victim of it doing it myself as young as six and seven under seven football the abuse and threats you get um, you know is real at that age so is that something that will be looked to be introduced Do you think going forward
2: yes Wayne it will absolutely I think we should I, I think it should be a youth football. I think it should be in every level of football other than probably the pyramid. Because when you then you start getting into more difficult areas of integrity of competition. When you have promotion and relegation and all the issues, you know, you, you you don't want you don't want a league decided on a points deduction. You know, yeah. you don't want you don't want um I don't know, Leeds Leeds not no, I'm not i I'm choosing my words carefully for Manchester and contest. You want <laughs> leads not relegated. And uh all I all am just trying to say is you don't want the outcome of that league decided on a points deduction because of because of something like that. but 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 you know what we should the threat should be there that we brought it in at this level let's 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 see how we go with it as i said earlier with body cams let's just see how this pilot works this, this is not a pilot that points point it in but let's see how it works and let's see what behaviors it changes
3: Agreed. It fell under immediate criticism to, you know, people saying, oh, it should be at the top. Other people saying it should be at the bottom. It should be everywhere. But I think us three last week, we we're all in agreement. It started somewhere and it's a start and we couldn't applaud you guys enough for it. We think it's absolutely superb that you've done this.
2: Yeah, well, we like I say, Ryan, it's it's a game changer, we think. Yeah. Um, We've got a a new referee strategy we're going to launch in July. That's taken a lot of time and effort. The FA is putting more money into refereeing than it's ever done before. The board have been really supportive. But one of the things that I remember us talking about 18 months when we were developing the strategy with FA Council or whatever, we talked about points deductions. We talked about, you know, it doesn't cost anything this, but it's going to be a game changer. And I think uh, I'm, I'm just delighted that the guys got it over the line. And and it got supported by the way. That's the mo- that's the point. Getting someone over the line, if you've got some outliers saying, Oh, we shouldn't be doing it. This nobody nobody really thinks is a bad idea.
3: So How I, long would you have said as a timeline from somebody saying, Shall we talk about points deductions to it actually being instigated? Has this taken you?
2: Well, I think people have you'll probably have some people say we've been talking about this for years. Wayne, frankly, and but from our point of view, uh, I think, as I say, Fraser and the guys were doing some work over a period of time, probably twelve months or so. But it does take time because we have to go to the FRA, the Football Regulator. It's an independent rule-making, regulation-making body at the FA. So it, it it doesn't just happen, you know, one week and we can get it through next week. It takes it takes any any change like this takes a pro is a process that has to be gone through to get it the through various committees
3: twelve months does seem pretty quick. That's admirable well, to be fair.
2: yeah, I think so. I think you know I I, I thought it was a not a pipe dream. I, I didn't th- I didn't know that we would be able to get it through without any um, any any bumps in the road, but but you know I think the timing is right. and that says something about where we are at the moment. Mm. If I'm honest. Can, I, can I just
0: just quickly jump in on it what, what I also loved about it was because i I downloaded it and I, and I read through it last week before we did the pod. And I was looking about uh, you know, how severe it can be from three points all the way up to twelve points. And I loved it how that could vary on how the club's reacted to what had gone off. So for example, mm. if they um if it was a manager that had done it for for whatever reason or the player and the club had had said, you know, we're no longer we, we, we no longer have them at the club, we've got rid of them, that would reduce um the points deduction. Whereas opposed to if they say, well, actually we're keeping them. And you know we have talked to whatever, but but that could increase your points. And what I was saying last week is, speaking from a um, a grassroots perspective, but junior football, we 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 get it from time to time where players move over or coaches move over, <clears throat> more coaches really. And, and I get other chairman that, that that message me and they ask, oh you know why why is he moving from your club? You know has anything gone off? And then you can actually say well, you know yeah this is this is what he's done blah blah blah. Or no he's he just he just moved areas just you know he wants to keep coaching or whatever, and I think and I was saying last week that by putting that in in order to get your points deductions reduced or increased based on how you reacted as a club, would hopefully from where I stand drive these individuals out of the game, because I do think you've got to be a a special type of person to go above the verbal abuse, to go to physical assault to referee, I think there's got to be or oh, something missing upstairs maybe rather than added <clears throat> but I think that what you'll get is before is these clubs will have just kept him. You know, let's say he's a really good player. Is it a referee? But so what? He scored us 25 goals. He's won his league. Who cares? Whereas now you're going to have to think, well, nah, I'm, I'm not going to keep that player. I'm, I'm going to release him because I can't risk my club, my team, getting points reductions, regardless of how good he is. So then when he goes on to these other clubs, and if he's got history of it and these clubs talk and they communicate, and say, well, I've got rid of him because he assaulted the referee, um, and with you know, we have points deductions, and then the next club says, Well, I don't want him either. And then we actually banning the individual that's done it. What we're kind of doing is is pushing them down a, a road where nobody wants to take him on anymore. So the sport that they love, they can no longer participate because of the behaviour. So <clears throat> I'm hoping the ones that are maybe 50-50 between snapping and not would then decide, actually, do you know what? I'm just gonna zip it. It's not worth it because I love football more than giving that ref some abuse. And I thought that out of all of it, I thought it was I, I thought that was the best the best part for me that you know your punishment is either increased or decreased based on these factors. I, th- I thought that was superb.
2: Yeah, I, I think look what we need is a is a change of mindset at grassroots level for people who run the clubs to say that we're not accepting that that's not the way we're going to run our club, and that's what you're saying, Wayne. And if this is a tool that allows that to happen or gives them. way of making that happen right because there's a consequence
3: yeah
2: i I think you're right um i think that look behavior participant behavior is is a big big issue uh in in the game from top to bottom um but i think also the fact that that these people feel that they they're able to do this we've normalized abuse Mm -hmm. right in society we've normalized abuse certainly towards officials and referees thankfully assaults are are rare and we say that because we see the statistics but one is not is, is too many right so I say that as well because I think me and Martin have had a few conversations on that in the past but but you know I don't care if it's one you know I, I'd, I'd love it if it was one because one would be in the whole country would be amazing but but we've got to we've got to that's got to be our task to eliminate it from the game and make sure people know the consequences but also you say drive these people out i'm not sure we'll drive people out the game because you love something you won't be driven out but we can change behaviors people Mm. can change behavior i think
1: um i I agree and and i think what's really important about it is is it's another tool in the referee's toolbox with regards to how you might how you manage something where you can say someone look you know, if your abuse is getting too much, you know, you could lose points here. Right? And it's having these sort of subtle movements where a lot, of, a lot of the conversations I have with referees is that they, they feel like if they're going to do something, the consequences come straight back at them. Yeah. And I've always said things like, um, you know, if they send someone off, uh, they can be angry with them. They can do whatever they do, which is which are all those horrible things we, we talked about. But what this does, this takes the decision making away from the field of play. Where no one can intimidate if it happens. The FA are going to take control of it, the FA are going to punish it. The, 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 the FA are really going to come down at, on it. And having that sort of it's like a sword of Damocles over a club has come into play here, which I think is really, really positive. It's, it's, a, it's a negative term, but it's a really positive outcome where we get referees saying to us, I don't report abuse or assaults because it hasn't happened in the past, that wasn't being punished significantly or the person who assaulted me, you know, I see him on a school run. And but having this sort of this is in my opinion a, a, a difference a tatter from the FA because they're taking control of it sort of away from the referee. They're taking the, 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 the saying look, this is going to happen no matter what. I know we've got discipline processes with what happens with assault and, and I've said in the past that sometimes you know it, it should be more we, we don't, seldom see uh, Sani dies. But just having this other thing in the background, particularly with clubs, will force the clubs, like Wayne said, to take accountability who they're off playing and have accountability who they're watching. That's the massive message here that I think referees will feel like our national government body are really behind us now But the body can trial, with this. That's the m- much bigger message in, a, in the refereeing world, what I'm getting, mate.
0: Yeah,
2: I, I agree. And I think... Yeah. Um, Look, it's about one of the biggest strands of our of our strategy going forward is environment. We call it environment of which referees operate in. You know, we need to change the environment. We need to make that environment more respectful, friendly. Referees go out there to enjoy it, right? They should enjoy it. Players go out there to enjoy it. Everyone arrives at that game, I think, on a Sunday morning or Saturday afternoon, wanting to enjoy the game. You know, and and and, and it goes wrong sometimes. And that's what we need to make stamp out and make sure people are there and realise, you know, yeah, it's competitive. Right? We know the game's competitive. We know the game can, can sometimes boil over because when you're com- when you're competing, you know, things happen. But we've got to find the right way. And, and there's some really good examples of clubs out there. I'm not going to label every club. That there's there's clubs there that really look after their officials. Mm. So you guys all know who they are. They're great. They welcome their officials. They make sure they're looked after. We think that we need more mentors. We think we need more support from. You know, some of the counties need to need to do a little bit more. I'm being open with them, you know, to, to and we need to help, whether it be through you know groups like yourselves, Martin, and, and RA and people like that. But we need more people there looking after our officials and making sure our officials, and it really comes down to people I think who are coaches and players and doing the right thing, right? And especially as we know that you know, a big percentage of our referees are young people. They're young people on the journey, they're doing it because they they love the game. They probably feel that refereeing is their best way of of being part of it because maybe they're not good enough to play or or maybe they choose to go down this pathway. But I mean, we need a complete, as I say, mindset or cultural change to make sure they're allowed to enjoy it and allowed to progress and be the best referee official they can be in a safe environment. And I know they're all words, right? And they are words. But somehow we've got to change behaviour to make sure that can happen.
1: Honestly, I, I said to her, you know, you know, Janie Frampton, our chair, and when we went up to her, Aston Villa and you were there for the for the BAME conference, which was another brilliant development for support of people from, from underrepresented communities and, and the BAME community, it, it, it was another progressive move by you. And I remember, I think I said to you, I certainly said it to a few people up there, for the first time in years, I, I believe what's been getting said by people like yourself, the FA for the first time in, in over a decade I actually believe that you really are want, wanting to get hold of it I'm not seeing the, the previous people involved or whatever you know, they weren't but the signs the positivity and the real strong me- measures that are coming into place and other discussions that are happening I, I, I think the, the referees are starting to believe that our national governor body really does want to help us and I think long term that's just really really you know Hope, hope is there for a lot of referees. You think I go out there, I get shouted at, and no one's there for me. I think these these things that's been created and again the referee strategy, which I, I know we talked about. Um, all these things are really the green shoots of positive, real strong support from the FA are there to see, and I think I think that's well, the look, most important point about us.
2: Well, it's nice to say that, man, but we, we've got to follow up with action, and we've got to come up with a story, and we've got to tell the story right. Okay, so the strategy is the first one. I think you know we're gonna. I say we're going to launch it towards the start of the season because I think it's important that we refereeing. And this is me from being an outsider has, has been very good at not, not communicating very well about the community and what it does and how, and well it does and why it's needed. It's been very insular. I think that's, that's not, that's not uncommon in sport, I think. So what we've got to do is we've got to get, we've got to get out the message about all the, all the things I said and more, you know, the, the, why, why do people take up refereeing? What's the positivity of refereeing? I mean, refereeing as a career, I, I, wish, I wish I'd wish have uh, thought about it as a 14, 15-year-old because I was trying to be a footballer and I was always going to fail, because I, but I didn't think about it. The skills that you get refereeing, the, not just not just the health skills, the, 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 the way you have to manage people, conflict management is a big thing, uh, but also just decision-making. And it's, it's just a good thing for people, young people, especially to take up but the problem we have, and is that you know they'll get abused, they'll get they get the things you spoke spoke about earlier, and they'll give up, and they'll give up far too early, and that's what we've got to start. We've got to get these youngsters in the game. I think stats say if you've refereed for more than a year, you're likely to be doing it for almost a lifetime. But that first twelve months is such so critical for us to make sure that if you've a fourteen year old starting out or you're a twenty year old coming into it, somehow we've got to make sure that person gets that is, is operating in the right environment to feel supported and feel like, you know, um, abuse isn't normal, it shouldn't be normal, and we're not going to tolerate it. So these are all, again, I'm talking words, but that's that's the direction we're trying to go in.
1: I think people believe you, Ans, to be honest. That belief hasn't has been there for a while. I really genuinely believe that people, that you've, you've shown it in your actions by doing the points deduction, by allowing the body cam pilots, you know, we said Danny Meeson's being behind it. We've had wonderful RDOs like Ross Joyce really putting out the positivity of, of being involved. And I have made some lifelong friends from refereeing, I only stopped because I got injured and I was always getting sent off I, and I got into it. And I've made some brilliant friends within clubs within with everything apart of doing it. It increases your employability because all those soft skills you learn. And it, I I I even though we 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 fight to keep the you know this side of the game, like we talk about the abuse in the spotlight. I will never say to anyone, don't get into it. I will always say, get into it. And now is more time than ever to get into it because of the measures that you, you, you're you bringing in as a national governor body. makes it even safer and, and more supportive than, than ever before. So to me, there's no greater time currently couldn't to get into refereeing. I, I really believe that.
3: Totally agree with you there. My 14-year-old son starts his referee course next month. and um, I've been backing him all the way for that. I think it's... It's life-affirming, it's life-changing, and the development for a 14-year-old to earn, you know, money on a weekend by doing something he really, really enjoys, watching a game he loves and being a part of it, Um, it's fantastic. And now with the additional support uh, we are with people like Martin and yourselves on board with all of this, I'm confident that he's going to have a fantastic refereeing future.
2: And when if he go, if he does get any any of the issues, speak to the RDO at the county, right? Speak to people who are meant to be there to to help. Yeah. You know, and, and and come and come to us if you need to, because um, I think that that is so important. As I keep reiterating, that you know, as a youngster, they can get all these benefits, but you know, that, you could be talking about the next Michael Oliver, right? But we'll never know if the bad experience in the first three months means they're never going to do it. Yeah. That's the point. And then, and-
0: and this is this leads on as well into the thing about the you know the moment about officials and et etc, cetera, et cetera. but I mean I don't know the figures on this at all, but I would imagine the pool of the referees maybe now is, is is maybe smaller than what it was I don't know maybe ten years ago or whatever, and if you're wanting to get the best that there is, then don't put them off from doing it in the first place because yeah. like you say you, you don't know who's going to be the next big referee and if they have a really bad experience in that first 12 months and they don't want to come back and they don't want to do it they could have had every, all the potential in the world to go on and make it and become a Premier League uh, referee but you never, you never know that you, you, and so if the talent pool's smaller then you, you're naturally not going to get as many uh, well you're still going to get your good referees but there's not going to be as many to choose from whereas if everybody comes through everybody feels supported nobody's worried about turning up a net and, and, and I mean this as well, a referee has to express himself. They have to be able to express when they make a decision, why they made a decision, have the confidence to tell the players, tell the coaches why I made this decision without the fear of, of of being abused for it. And I think by doing that and taking that away, it'll make them come out of the shell even more. It'll make them become better referees by making a decision. You'll ultimately get a better game of football because of it. So I think by, by reducing... Um, that abuse and allowing him to I didn't know that a really interesting point about getting past the first 12 months mm. you're going to get better referees out of it you know you're going to get more referees that are better at what they do so ultimately your game of football that you love to go and play or spectate on a weekend will be will be better because your referees will be better it's just, everything falls in place everything like works together and people just don't see this for me it's
2: not rocket science Wayne is it I mean it's just places, if I'm honest right but here's the stats our numbers are up uh, which is which? people go to me, really? We've got over 30,000 registered referees. Well, the difference is, the availability is low, is, is, is less. So what does that mean? It means the previous cohort will be making themselves available every weekend to referee. Now, post-COVID, we've noticed, people are picking and choosing which weekends and then taking themselves off the list, which means we're probably not getting the coverage that we want. And whereas in the past, I think one of the mistakes we've had it, uh, uh, within grassroots certainly is to be concentrating on coverage. Oh, we need a referee. We need a referee. And we didn't really care, right? Who that referee was, what that referee was, just get the game refereed. That can't be right either. We can't just, that can't be the KPI. If you like that, can't be the, the driver. The driver has to be, we need referees who will make themselves available every week. Why? Because it's a good environment. They're enjoying it. And, and they just, they just want to do it. Mm. And, and that's, that's
0: the next step for me. So as, is that is that figure that is that figure that you give me there? Is that for the adults' game, or does that include the, uh, the
2: ju- main, ju- men, women, juniors? That's that's registered you, referees.
0: the reason the reason I asked you about that is, and I don't know if this is just because this is just in the Doncaster league where I where I'm in, or whether it's coming across the board, is that when I first started out, you had to um, you had to be a, a qualified referee to ref the junior games, and then if you wasn't, you you were, um, I think you're only allowed to do three. Even if you, even if you, were, even if you was a coach and you was, um, DBS checked, etc. Yeah. But Doncaster, you brought it now that you don't actually have to be a referee to referee games. You just have to have a, an FA DBS check. So there's a lot of refs that are now refing in our league that are not qualified referees. They just FA DBS check because there's such a shortage of referees in in the Doncaster yeah. league at junior level.
2: It's it's very. It is different around the country, I have to say. I don't know your league. Wayne, forgive me. Um, maybe I should do. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> It sounds, sounds good fun by this, what you say. But, yeah, look, that's exactly what I'm saying. We've got the numbers. We just have people who don't make themselves available. What does that mean? That means that we don't get the coverage, which means people are refereeing who probably are doing it out of necessity because you need a referee, right? So that that's where, hopefully... If we can just change this this culture, this this um, environment in which we, in which we operate, you know, that might help you to get a qualified referee every more often than not, than not. That's what we'd, we'd hope,
0: yeah. but we're
2: not naive to the fact that that happens. I'm afraid. Um, yeah. and that's what I we've, before, we've been I, think, I think one of the things that um, you probably raise it anyway, but I, I think the pro game has a has a big part to play. I'll come out of the pro game, right? So this is sort of an area that I know quite well, but what we've seen over the last year, really, I think is, is a worsening of behavior mm. by, by people who should know better, role models in the game. Um, I don't need to name names because you all know them, but I think that's where we, not only have we got to launch this strategy, we've got to launch a campaign, and we've, we've seen these campaigns before. We've got to do better than that. We've got to get all stakeholders on board. They already are, we think, to say enough is enough. We need to make sure that referees are able to use the tools they've got to clamp down on bad behaviour, be that a Premier League match or a or a UEFA final, as we sadly saw last week with mm-hmm. Anthony and what mm-hmm. happened there, which was dreadful stuff. But I think that is as most, more just as important as the points deduction for me is the fact that we need to get these role models of the game, which is you know all the pro pro players and WSL players as well, respecting the referee more. And I think what we've done actually, and I'm not not criticising, but I think what we've allowed to happen is we've 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 also we've, it's almost the the officials that are out there now. We've almost, also almost all oh, they've got the tools to do the job right. They've got the tools. It's in the laws of the game to book and send off players for. for Bad behaviour. We've told them not to. The game doesn't expect that to be the case. And I think there's got to be a change there because what's happening is the kids are copying the behaviors yeah. of the of the pro players. And therefore it goes all the way down to grassroots. So why are you not getting a referee on a Sunday morning or a Saturday morning? Because someone goes, Well, if I'm going to get abused the same way that ex pro player gets a- abuses our top referees, why am I bothering? It's a massive issue, and again, it's something we have to just not skirt around. We've got to take it on and make I, sure these clubs know their responsibilities to the rest of the game.
0: Can I just yeah, I, I think that's a really good point that you made, and I and I, I also think that I think ref <clears throat> the way we view referees, the way we <clears throat> the way we interact with them, and I know this probably goes. I think Martin said to me before this this might go even above the FA um, in terms like the world level, who controls what what can and can't be seen and heard. But we spoke on, I think it was our first podcast that we did, about the special that Howard Webb did on Monday Night Football with Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, and he let you hear the referee audio. Now, not only am I a massive football fan, I like my rugby as well, and I love, I love it when decisions are up in the air and it goes to the video ref, and you hear the communication and you hear them talking. And I think, as a spectacle, that adds something to it. It's giving you insight that you, you I think, is a thing you need to hear. And when I watched that bit with Howard Webb, and he was letting you listen to the audio, it opened up a whole new world of of kind of what referees are doing and how actually go, really good the, the top refs are at the job. <laughs> and I think that by allowing, if this would ever be possible in the future, the I know I know it can't be for people in the grounds because obviously they're not they're not going to be able to hear it, but for people that are at home watching on TV to have that level of transparency to open up to hear the ref talk to the 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 liner or the, the 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 guy sat in the VAR room or the fourth official, I think that'd open up a new avenue in entertainment because you'd be like, oh well that's why he's made a decision. There'd be no grey areas and you know all right, there'll still be grey areas because we've, we, all, we we all we us three have disagreed on decisions already.
2: But
0: yeah. you know, you'll know why they made that decision. You'll know why, the, why they've come to that decision. And I think as a... I, I just think it'd be another selling point. And I think to open that door up from and 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 to let them have a voice. Yeah. You know, to, to say, I think that would be amazing for football.
2: It's already happening, Wayne. So IFAB have agreed through a trial and FIFA are trialing it at the Under-20 World Cup um, out in Argentina, uh, as well as others. It might even... You might even see it in the Women's World Cup. I'm not sure. I'm not a I think you might even see where there's a VAR intervention. You be able to hear the comms, um, and I think that's that's again another massive change in favour of the officials to be able to get across uh, the decision making, how difficult it is, what they weigh up, what they what how the they're talking to each other. That was certainly a game changer for me when I got involved in this end, and when VAR was was first coming in the trials, we used the FA Cup to trial it, and I was at Stockley Park. And I was privileged to be able to listen in on the cons of, of, of match officials. I, I was blown away, if I'm honest. Yeah. I've been watching hundreds of games, 17 years in a game. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand how good they were. I didn't understand how the fourth of them all talk to each other. And if we could get that across to people, especially people in the technical area, they shouldn't be, you know, into interacting with the fourth official, because the fourth official's got a job to do to help the, yeah. the officials on the on the field, right? And when I saw that in action, I was like, "This is this is a game changer for these people who, like me, were chief execs of clubs who sat there and not understanding it." It's almost like I say, the the refereeing world got this got this point where it it didn't want to engage, it didn't want to tell people how it did its job, mm-hmm. right? We're totally the opposite. I, you're right. Howard's piece on Sky was was brilliant. And how many people have just gone, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know they did that. I didn't know they did that. Not necessarily about VAR. VAR is just a side issue for me. The issue about bombs and how they talk to each other. Now, you know, that's at the pro end of the game. And as you know, 90 something percent of our referees go out on their own. But I still think that that getting getting those um, audio clips out there will help The fan understand the game, understand the officials, and therefore understand the issues that even you know the referees have at grassroots. So it'll go all the way down the pyramid to help referees at all levels. That's
0: that's 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 what I mean. I think the the understanding level and and seeing what the referees do and you know, watch how they interact and watch how difficult I mean, I know how difficult decisions are to make, and I I only do kids' football. I know how tough it can be at times when Little Johnny rolls over and, you know, he claims that he's got his leg broken. There's, there's it's, it's hard. It's tough. So when you've got pros going about it and, you know, how quick they are and how fast it is, especially at the top end, and you hear him talking. And I think from that, I think there would have been a lot of people sat back and going, you know, actually, these refs do a really good job, which a lot of people knew already, but not enough people knew. So then when they go and watch the little kid play on a Sunday, which is obviously coming from, from my point of view on a, <clears throat> a junior level, they'd be less inclined to... That abuse out because like well I have seen how tough he is and he's on his own yeah, yeah, yeah. he hasn't got VAR he hasn't got a fourth official he's yeah. lucky he's got a line off at half the time because nobody wants to run line because of the abuse that they're going to get so when they did that I was just like this is this is just this is what I love about when I watch rugby to understand why they made the decisions to do that in football and to watch that little Howard Web piece it was like wow
1: game changer is- wasn't it and I yeah. think some of, the, some of the info you just give us there, Anders, I really I really feel quite. Privilege that you're sharing that with us, mate, because they, they yeah. are some other game-changing moves. And, and what ha- Howard said um, in, in that piece and, and similar times he was in the media, it's exactly what I'm seeing from the FA and yourself. The drawing pa- back the curtains, he said, didn't he? We're drawing back the curtains on football so people can see what's going on inside the house. And I think that's clear. And and like what we've seen with Anthony, I don't want to dwell on, on the horrible incident with, with Anthony, but... You've see, seen that clip, it's, it's, on, it's on our Twitter, and it's got 16.5 million views. The vast majority of people are supporting Anthony. So we know yeah. the vast majority of people don't accept this behaviour, and we need those people to have a, a, a louder voice. But Anthony was the calmest man in that incident. Everyone was, was losing their head. He's got his wife and his children there. And then what we see these skill sets every single game at that level, the pressure these guys and girls are under, and yet they stay calm. Mm wonderful, wonderful window needs to be shown on those skills, what we touched on earlier, employability level. When you get to the level, the elite level, these guys are about, you see, how did he, say, he or she say stay that calm, in that stage and full of people, with millions of people watching at home? It's unbelievable skill set that isn't really recognised, I don't think.
2: Martin, I totally agree. Look, whatever people say about refereeing and refereeing in this country, we've got some of the best referees in the world, we always have mm. had. Right? We always have had, and we've got Anthony, we've got Michael, we've got Rebecca, we've got we've got some, we've got some of the world's best referees but we've got to support them and we've got to make sure they are supported uh, from what we've seen in the pro game, which is a definite sort of airing towards worse behavior on field or, mm. or worse than it was. not yeah we've always had behavior on field. we've always had you know it, listen, it's a passionate game, it's what people throw at me. It's a passionate game people boil over. yes they do. yeah we know that. But they're professionals as well. And if they don't do something, we need to... There's, there's a stat out there that um, Roberto Rossetti... Rossetti is the head of UEFA refereeing. and He came out with something about nine months ago, which I thought was really interesting. He was delivering a speech somewhere. And he, numbers of referees across Europe have in decline. And he said that we're presiding over the death of refereeing, he said in a statement. That's a powerful statement. Mm-hmm. And what he meant by that was, um, to the point that we're wrestling with, uh, and Wayne, you said it earlier, if we don't do something, we're not going to have the next Anthony or Michael because we're going to lose them before they get there. And that's the point he's making. Behaviour has got worse across all of football around the world in terms of its disrespect of, of, of referees and refereeing. It's now we've got to change the dial. We've got to move people. We've got to make them understand their responsibility and, how, and what big a plot. I mean, if, if I'd like to think... Maybe I'm naive, but I'd like to think most people who play, even at a professional level, love the game. Mm. I'd like to think that, right? But if you do love the game, then mm. you've got to protect it. And we're not protecting it with the, some of the behaviours we're seeing. And that right. was a good example last last week, Martin, as you as you
1: referenced. Yeah, it was me. It was me. And I think one of the things I, I'd like to run past you as well, if I may, and I, I know you're a busy man. I don't want to keep it too long. I really appreciate your time is the, the female game, the women's game, and some of the people that's led that to the place it is now and the way they support their referees. And we have a, a very different culture within uh, the female game. We have people like Ke- Kelly Sims, who's just retired, wonderful advocates for the game. Baronet well, Dame Sue Campbell now. I know it is as Baroness Sue Campbell. These people in the game who have developed that side of the game and we, and the way that's going with regards to your match officials at that level, I think that's another great sign of, of, of how the national governor body of have supported referees are not side of it and how we can evidence with the right people in the right place, like yourself and what, what Kelly's done previously and Baroness Sue Campbell. We we had this sort of hole from when I was on the list and Wendy Thomas was there, Wendy Toms is in the same position. That's Sean, that's it. And and between it Wendy Stopping, it was an amazing match of visual. Did the League Cup final with Ali Wilkie? think it was? I think it was called a Milk Cup then. But we had this massive gap where no female people come through, officials come through until Sean. I don't think we're ever going to be in that gap again. that so we the support that we're giving the mass officials in the female game, I I th- I think you know you know Vivian Steinhaus, what what she did in Germany, top flight. We have we have um, Steph, Steph, Stephanie Frappard, what what she's done in France. I think like we have with Rebecca Wells coming through. I think it won't be too long now. That we'll have a, a, a female mass division in the middle in the Premier League, and I don't think we could have ever said that decades ago.
2: I, I totally agree. We made a big point of bringing BB across from Germany to head up the women's pro game refereeing. We've got a big strategy for increasing the number of female referees um, in, in the FA strategy. It's, it's a critical pathway. Why? Because the women's game is just, as you rightly say, Martin, it's growing and growing. It's, it's, it's a massive success story, but again, we need to catch up. Refereeing is still catching up. We're not quite at the, growing at the same pace, but it's not for the will. We've got a budget in place now specifically to develop young female referees. That wouldn't have happened a few years ago, and and, and with with a role model like Bibi, you know, in in working for pgml heading the pro game up, we've got we've got something to look up to. who's, you know one of the biggest female referees there's ever been, right? So I I think it's I think the opportunities for young Female referees are probably the be- the biggest, and best they've ever been. But mm. we need to make sure that we again support these people with the right skill sets because you know they, they might have they might their pathway might be slightly different. Rebecca Welsh, unbelievable how she's you know done what she's done. She's now into she's refereed a championship game, you know. And why not? And you're mm. absolutely right. There's no reason why we can't get a female official refereeing a Premier League game at some point. Why not? You no,
3: know,
2: I, so I, I, I WSL again is you know what we, I know that WSL is is striving to be the best women's league in the world, just like the Premier League. Well, if it is, and I think it will get there, we need to make sure we've got the best female referees in the world as well. That's our target, and and mm. that in itself will set the role models for young girls to emulate. Uh, you know, the Emily who did the uh, the FA Cup final, for example. And there's a piece on BBC where you hear the comms from Emily as well. If you, if you see it on Football Focus the week after, we actually got permission to actually play back some of the comms that they were saying on, on, on BBC. It's, a, it's a, about a four-minute bit, but following on from Howard's piece the week before, again, just another way of, as you say, pulling back that curtain and showing people how how good these officials are. Yeah. You
3: know, you did did, um, sorry, you, you did a oh really oh. good piece back in February about the importance of re- referees at grassroots. Um you did it on the FA site. It was actually a really good piece. And I think taking into consideration um, me reading that back in February, me seeing you now um, and seeing the changes that have taken place since then, I thought I'd let you know, I actually believe you.
2: <laughs> well, thanks, Wayne. <laughs> Look, we 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 got some investment from our board uh, at the time when, the, you know, um, Money in every business post-COVID is tight, right? But we've got great support from the chief exec and, and we've got great support from the chair, Debbie Hewitt, uh, in terms of refereeing. She, it's a, it's a, she, she loves to understand, you know, what's going on in refereeing. But that helps us um, get a little bit extra money to be able to do what we think is going to be uh, or put in place this strategy. We believe it. So I wouldn't be saying this unless we believe it. Now, how successful we're going to be is another thing. So, um, you know, in a year's time, you might be moaning you're saying, "We haven't seen a difference, but I hope <laughs> we do i because I I, I I i believe I believe we can do this, I really genuinely do, otherwise, I wouldn't be prepared to come on and speak to you guys because I'm tied mm. in a corner, but I'm not going to do that because look, we need to do it, we have to do it um the game deserves us to 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 do it you know, referees are. The lifeblood of the game, you know, without them, we can't have football, and um, we can't take it for granted. I think that's the point. I think we've, I think English refereeing is taken for granted that we're always gonna have the best referees in the world without actually working out how we do it or where they come from. I think we've certainly woken up to the fact, you know, these referees going back to Jack Taylor or whatever, they don't just appear right, they do it because they're dedicated, but that's that's not good enough anymore in this world. We have to invest in the development of, of young people uh, in, in time more than, more than anything else, to make sure they can be the best they can be. So I'd like to think we can we can make a difference, but we're going to need masses of help from vol- the volunteer workforce and refereeing is, is huge. Martin, you know that. You, you, the people that do it because they love it. I want to make sure that they hand over their, their experience to young, young people. I'm always in awe of volunteers, be it referees, coaches, whatever. But we can't do it. We can't do it uh, without without those people. But again, we need to make sure that they're recognised as well. So, yeah, a lot a lot to do. But it's exciting times, I think.
3: Oh,
1: I nailed it, Andy! And what a, a great way to to end, end this episodes of it. I. I I, I, you, I've got so much more out of it from from what you've you've shared with us with regards with what's coming in, coming in the future, and and it's just great to 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 hear from the horse's mouth. Someone as high up in the FA as you are, controlling directly with you know what happens in in the referees' strategy and the referees' departments. To hear that positivity and that real want, and and like Wayne said, that we actually believe you and we believe you, and I, and I think I don't think you're going to let that that damn belief, and I think uh, join. Uh, the other guys here then, and, and thank you mates just thank you for giving referees the hope that that's coming what you've done with the body cam pilots and, and the points induction and thank you for coming on and giving us your time mates
2: No Jamie it's been, it's been nice to chat with you guys and uh, Jamie will say it's it won't be for the want of trying we're going to give this the best shot we've got um, with the support of everybody in the in the refereeing community and beyond it that's the point we need people beyond the refereeing community to understand the community and, and actually support it for the betterment of the game and um, that's
0: the task. And can and can I ask, have you missed anything that maybe we've not covered that you wanted to get out there, Andy? That we that you maybe wanted to put across there? Or have we kind of covered everything for you today. We kind of wanted to give you the platform really to, to obviously voice your voice and tell us what tell us your thoughts and and everything that you're working on, which like Martin said, has been absolutely incredible. So have we missed anything that you'd like to, you know, pop in that, that you think is important? Or have, you, have we pretty much covered it all.
2: I think we've covered it for now, Wayne. Look, when when um when this podcast becomes so famous it goes worldwide and got billions of people watching it, I'll I'll come back on and we'll talk again. But uh, uh, no, look, we, might have to, for, we
0: might have to pay you then. Uh,
2: look, thanks thanks for the opportunity to come and chat with you. I've enjoyed it. But um, look, it is the start of, of something new, as I keep saying. Um, it, I'm I'm just so pleased that people have understood it. As you you guys nailed it when you said about the points deductions, that's a game changer. But then being is a game changer, letting people understand what what the refereeing world, what how how hard it is, but but how ultimately we need the best referees, or we need referees whether they you know referee one game a year or we want them to do more, but we just want them to be the best they can possibly be, but also enjoy. Have the ability to go out and enjoy what they do without fear of um abuse or having a, having a negative experience. That that's that's really the point.
0: Bravo. Super. Well, on that note, I'm gonna close it down. Remember, if you've been listening today, um, you've been listeners on YouTube, click the subscribe button and then you'll be notified when the new episodes come out. Um, Martin, can we release the, the the next guest we've got coming on? Should we surprise them? I, we'll su- I, I, let's, let's surprise them. The next we'll surprise time. them. Um, yeah, so remember, to click the subscribe button and you can get us on all your streaming services now we with your podcast. And if you're not following us yet, find us on whatever you use, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. The handle is at The RefPod. Pretty easy, The RefPod. And uh, give us a like, follow us, and uh, I'm sure you'll see Martin either on TV or... <laughs> arguing with somebody on Twitter, it is it, it's, it's very amusing to watch. So, Andy, super. I mean, we all really appreciate your time. Andy's, uh, Andy's just left the link. Uh, to say it was uh, an impressive interview would be an understatement. Um, thoughts, guys? Brilliant. Just absolutely
3: superb. To get to get his voice, his angle, um, the information that he parted with us, it just... You know, it's, it's just fantastic. Martin, well done for getting him on, mate. Really well done. Oh, mate, it's um, he was even better than I thought he was, talking some of the stuff that's going to happen
1: in the Women's World Cup and stuff like that. I know. Really opening out to us and being honest about it. it was mean, that's like,
0: like That's like breaking news, isn't it? I mean, that's like, you know, brand new, massive, massive news. Ma- it's massive, that. Massive. I know. I know it's, um, and, and him to trust us with it. You know, yeah, yeah.
1: is another is another little thing. But like I said, I said before he came on why I wanted him on. He is an absolute game changer for the FA in, in what he's doing with refereeing. And 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 I've been so harsh on the FA over the years and broke loads of windows trying to get the doors to open. But honest to God, that is that you know, I've met him a few times, I know how good he was, but that was even better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it. I think the key the key word here is is transparency, open and honest, which is what He's trying to met referees. B, in terms of you know like the we're talking about the the audio uh, releasing the audio, and having the, him on and be that open and transparent with us. I think that obviously <laughs> when when you asked me about doing this podcast, I was I was obviously blown away to get the opportunity to say yeah actually I'd, I'd love to do it. And then I mean we, we we've said earlier we, we're going to keep it a surprise on on more guests that are coming on. But that was just a little taste of that, like of, of, of where we're going to go with this, and I just feel, I just feel really, I want to say, buzzing, happy, um, because I think this this could really be, I think the, I think the tables are starting to turn in how people view referees, and I think we could put, play a major part in that, in getting these messages out from people that have that have got some real authority in, in, in the game, and. And people that, that experience it and have experienced it, and I think by us giving them a platform <clears throat> to tell their story and and get information like we just got off Andy, is is huge for us as for, mm-hmm. for a podcast. So I I feel really I felt excited before. Yeah. I feel like I feel like dancing.
3: Quite privileged and honoured, really, aren't we?
0: Yeah. No. It, it's it's. I mean, you'll know we've got four we've got four interviews this week and and. I can't. I, I can't believe the people that I'm still yet to speak to this week. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit lost for words out of that.
3: You no, know, it
1: sounds it. It sounds And I think people might be thinking, "Oh, really?" But you know, the the, the FA. Oh, yeah, really? I Maybe mean, the FA would be like that. They, they haven't really got conduits to get stuff out there in this sort of manner. They do some great work, and the, the marcoms department are, are, are really good. But this is like delivered in a different way, that, and it's another sign of where the FA is going. Otherwise. Andy wouldn't have come on here and, and be so so open with us. So, you know, read between the lines there that, you know, I think hearing that, you know, they might do that in, in, in some games in the World, Women's World Cup and they might do it in, in, in the Premier League, have an open mic. Oh my God. Yeah. What 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 an absolute fundamental, you know, positive change that is going to be. And I just think and he read between the lines, what Andy was saying was but he said, you know, he said something quite fundamentally that, that I was I was a little bit Fair play, and as he said, the team's above step seven. We could use this as a stick to say, if "You don't behave; it's, it's coming, coming up to no level. Mm. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah. Very, yeah. Very good, yeah. To Anyone from the FA talk like that? Yeah. So yeah. so candid, you know. That's what I mean. That's why I wanted him so much. He's an absolute diamond, and and if you do listen to this, and you know, the three of us here, really, thank really, thank you, beautiful. yeah, thank you. So fair play, Andy Amble from the FA. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. So yeah, um, we've added this little bit in extra. <laughs> we um, I'll tell you I'll tell you, I'll tell you quickly why if you're watching or listening. Um we've obviously had Andy on. He's he's given us an hour of his time, which um, you know, we can't thank him enough for. But literally when obviously Andy left the the, the meeting and it was left with, with us three and it was just literally silence. Everyone's just like Wow, what, what have we just been told? So, um, Martin said we, we need to uh, we need to do this little bit extra. So, <laughs> we're doing a little bit extra, just to tell you. Just, and, and in all certain terms as well, let, let Andy know if he is listening, how blown away we are and how thankful we are for his hour that he's just given us. Um, so, we'll finish again for the second time. I might cut that other bit out, actually. You know, we'll just I just blend it in. You know, I'll, I'll do yeah, that. Yeah, blend um, it in. Man. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so we we have. To get, can I just say as well that oh, it was too serious of an interview to get it out there. But you're getting too big for this <laughs> for this podcast, Martin if you if you don't, everybody knows you now. You don't tell him more than Philip Schofield on Friday, mate. thanks well, 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 analogy, thanks mate. <laughs> 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 I wanted to put that joke out there just because on Friday, I don't know if you know or you missed it. Oh, was it Thursday? Was it Thursday? Oh, Fra- I can't remember whatever day it was. Friday, wasn't it? It was Friday, yeah. Text me to say I'm on TalkSport at half seven, so I, I make sure I never missed it. And then throughout the day, I kept getting... <laughs> I'm on I'm on BBC. <laughs> I'm, on BT, News. I'm, on, I'm on this. Fucking hell. He's, he's, he's on telly more than Cora, this guy. Um, <laughs> so... And it was and it was brilliant and I did I did want to tech piss out of me a little bit but I also wanted to say to you what a brilliant job you did last week to get out there and it was such a hotbed for that mm-hmm. particular story around Anthony Taylor and I'm sure we've got a guest coming on later in the week that we can we can probably touch on more a little bit about the Anthony Taylor story which which you're all very much aware of but for you to get out there and back that up the only thing I'm disappointed with you is though is you didn't ask Razor Ruddock to come on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did, but I did a yeah. text message. I really?
1: Had a message, I messaged the producer who, uh, and said, look, I'd love to have him on any chance. And go back here. But there's also, a, I've got a couple of other things going on with the producers at uh, TalkSport to see if we can get people on. Because um, people are seeing see, you know, that what, what we try to do. And, you know, we're we just trying to keep the spotlight in. Too many knobheads in our game are getting too big a voice. Yeah, and I don't mean me.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean these
1: people out there who are being horrible to, to people, and and we're just trying to sort of balance that out and say, "Am I going to let you away with it means?" And 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 we go- I'll be going to Jose again next couple of days. Good. If, I, I'm gonna. I'm definitely in. What normally happens? I put something out there, uh, and and someone picks it up. I will just start like, getting calls from people, but you know, I'll put it out before this goes out. I'll I'll tell you what I'm going to do, but yeah, someone leaked. Anthony Taylor's phone number.
0: Ah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Latio to a um Roma yeah. page. And and in fairness, a Juventus fan got in touch with him and said, listen, someone's leaked your number, I just thought I'd let you know. So of course he's got to kill that number. But that's the sort of bollocks that's that the level that he's there. getting to. That's oh. the bollocks that goes on. And like, and that's why I think there's little game chambers come up, people start to listen to us more. Um I've wanted to do a podcast like I did the previous one, but that didn't work out. Um because of someone else's thrown the dolly out of his pram. But but to meet meet you two, and like I said before, and the skills that you've got to bring this in, into, into life is a it's just great to see it? and it's great to be back out there in podcast world and, and trying to make our game a little bit more friendlier towards referees and a bit safer towards them.
0: Yeah, no, honestly, mate, right. I, I thought you were brilliant last week. I, I I watched I watched them, I watched you send them to me. I listened to you, I would tell you my my, my mate Martin's on. Telly radio. <laughs> oh, he's back on Telly. Oh, he's on Telly again. Well, if you missed it, he's gonna be on later on about half seven. You know, I see you will see him just, just flick it on every time there's a news on Martin will be there. Um but no, I thought I thought it was good, I thought it would, I thought it were big, and you know, um the, the stuff he put out on social media as well. And I, I don't know if you've seen me, I got involved here, and had a few few arguments yeah. a few deadheads. Yeah, 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 yeah,
3: yeah. Um
0: and you know, I, I like I like being able to put stupid people in a box and leave it on there. I know.
1: <laughs> what was funny? What, funny from my point of view, not funny on the subject. Obviously, I go for my pint on a Ferrari with my mates. Uh, many people out there think refs haven't got mates, but uh, I've got a few. We a pint me <laughs> me <laughs> just ref mates? So he just
0: I, ref mates?
1: <laughs> football friends. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and there is Sky on there. I never said never said nothing. sat down. And, uh, and I said, "Oh, uh, can you put Sky on? Can you put Sky Sports News on?" To so the, the owner of the pub. Yeah, right then. Puts on Sky Sports News. And it was like, it was a, just just gone o'clock. You were back. there. And I said, I'm going to be on in six minutes. Six? Well, no, do you know? I said, no, it's been on for the last couple of hours on the hour. I'll come on <laughs> in six minutes. They were like, Fat. yeah. Bro. And there it was in the pub. I mean, the pub would going, yay, Scott, yay. But no one bought me a bleeding pint. It's like, really?
0: Brap. No. Well, I'm a of hearing you, that's why.
1: But it was the impact in the pub was seeing Everyone in that pod said, that's, an, that's outrageous. Not me being on telly, what happened to Anthony and his family. And, and like Andy was saying, that having this sort of positive outcomes of, this is, a, this is a different game. But most grassroots levels, not most, a lot of grassroots level referees would relate to what's happened there and worse. That yeah, goes yeah. on away from the cameras without police officers and security.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, but just, just finally finish off, because uh, I am going to lick a little bit more ass. If you can get Razor Ruddock on, I'll be in forever in your debt. I loved him at Liverpool. I think he's one hell of a character. Oh, I thought wow. it was amazing on TalkSport. Proper refreshing. Uh, great, real down-to-earth bloke. Yeah, just says it how it is. And you know what I also find really inspiring is he's lost about, God knows how many, right. how many stone. Yeah, you know, no, he looks really he well. Uh, I watched yeah. him on the Harry Zero thing and, and, you know, they were trying to get him to lose weight and I don't know how he's done it, but wow, that's off to yeah, the guy. Goodness, so, if, if, well, if Razor is listening, uh, I want you on. And I'd like a signed <laughs> shirt, please, <laughs> no, <laughs> to go with my John Barnes. One. I mean, surely you want a, you want your shirt next to John Barnes. I mean, that is like, surely that's like the ultimate kind of respect I can give him that I'd sit him next to John Barnes. Surely. Fair play, fair play. Well, he when I
1: finished that that um uh on, on Talksport when I finished that that interview, about an hour and a half later, Razor Bulldog follows you on Twitter. Really, I was like, Ooh, Oh, can I'm we tag him in this last little us, bit? He's, he's, he's <laughs> to what I'll do, I'll say shout out to Razor, Razor, Razor at the end of it. And I, yeah. I, I think you know, because I mentioned in an interview on Talk Sports, you know, it and wasn't, it wasn't disingenuous, absolutely genuine. He's what a massive help he's been to people who, who have been through the same similar problems he's been through. Mm. Ordinary people you know that he's, he's had a wonderful career and all that, but you know, what he's done with his weight, what he's done with his mental health challenges, what he's done with his drinking. Absolute massive, massive, positive example and role model for a lot of people out there. So, fair place to razor. Yeah, right. absolutely.
0: Second that. But uh, just, just, and I know we're digressing a little bit here. You know what I do hate about TalkSport, though? When they never let you say goodbye. They cut you off and then they say goodbye <laughs> to you. And you never yeah. actually, they did it to me when I, when I had that thing with What's-His-Name that I'll tell you about the other week. And I'm like, just let him say goodbye. I don't know why it bugs me. I just want to hear him say, thanks, see you later. But they'll say, thank you, Martin. That's Martin from... Uh, rest support UK and then you just don't eat, martin He's gone. I know. Because one tonight. of I
1: wanted, to, I wanted to talk about uh, the FA Cup coming up. Because so many grassroots referees do the early rounds of the FA Cup, and I wanted to say, you know, it's great to have you know the team out there who's doing it. But remember that journey starts with grassroots. Yeah. Yeah. People doing those first qualifying games, and I probably didn't get a chance to. Do more. I'm sure that's a, a, a time for another day, but. Absolutely. Listen, boys, well done. Thanks for all your help. Good. No, man.
0: thank you. So remember, we changed the name. It's at The repod, at The repod. So we're searching us, whether it's Spotify. We're still waiting for Apple. Hopefully, by the time you're hearing this, we're up on Apple. It's on everywhere else, Deezer and Podchaser and Amazon Music and all that. We're there. We're also on YouTube. At the ref pod. It couldn't be easier. If you want to follow us, if you want to see some of my mad videos, I'm sure Wayne will start putting some mad videos up. Martin's everywhere anyway, just doing mad stuff. Um, it's at the ref pod. Um uh, at the ref pod Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can also follow Martin. Well, you can follow us all, really. Martin's at uh, Ref Support UK on Twitter. I'm not even gonna spell your mind, and I'm not even sure what Wayne's is, but we'll get them and we'll put them up on a um, think it's Yorkie Pudding. Yorkie Pudding. Well, mine's Rilesy, rilesy eighty two, but nobody knows how to spell it. So, um, there's no point me saying that, is there? But yeah, good luck if you do find it. So, we'll see you. Possibly, ah, we're not going to be back next week. We're going to be back Friday. But yeah. But We have got a special for you on Friday. Beauty. Beauty. So, make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow us. We'll drop some teasers in Friday morning and then sometime Friday afternoon, Friday night even, we're going to drop a massive, massive podcast that you're going to definitely want to listen to before Saturday night. Why would it be for Saturday night? Because mm. there's a certain small game of football getting played that if you love football, you'll be watching it. So, subscribe. Listen out to the Goaty Brothers. Thank you very much. <laughs> and uh I will see you guys later in the week and uh like I say, subscribe. See you later guys. Thank you lads. Been a good one. Yeah.